Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. Within the scriptures, you will find the first letter of John, the fourth chapter, and beginning with the first verse, you will find John having these words to say to us. He is saying, my dear friends, do not believe all who claim to have the Spirit, but test them to find out if the Spirit they have comes from God. For many false prophets have gone out everywhere. This is how you will be able to know whether it is God's Spirit. Everyone who declares that Jesus Christ became mortal man has the Spirit who comes from God. But anyone who denies that Jesus Christ does not have the Spirit from God, this Spirit is from the enemy of Christ. You heard that it would come, and now it is here in the world already. But you belong to God, my children and have defeated the false prophets. For the spirit who is in you is more powerful than the spirit in those who belong to the world. They speak about matters of which of the world, and the world listens to them because they belong to the world. But we belong to God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever does not belong to God does not listen to us. This is the way then that we can tell the difference between the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Whoever loves is a child of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love for us. He sent his only Son into the world, that we might have, that we might have life through him. This is what love is. It is, not, is it, not, it is not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the means by which our sins are all forgiven. Dear friends, if this is how God loved us, then we should love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God's love lives in us and in his love is made perfect within us. This is how we are sure that we live in God and He lives in us. He has given us His Spirit. And we have seen and tell others that the Father sent His Son to be the Savior of the whole world. Lord, help us understand what John is talking about this morning. The signs of a dynamic church. If you have had a loved one in the hospital or if you have been in the hospital you know there's some strange things that take place within the hospital it's always interesting to me that usually the morning after the operation the doctor and usually two of them and maybe three I don't know why they have to gather up so many but a couple of nurses they come in and they stand by your bed you know and something like this takes place now they are there they say to check your vital signs whatever that means, whether you're going to live or die. But the thing that they do is they talk about you as if you were not there. You might as well just be a log laying there in the bed, you know. You, 
they talk you're just a mile away. They they don't even not conscious of you even being there. So they talk to one another and they they say, well, the temperature is uh, normal today, and his blood pressure is about uh, where it ought to be, and his uh, platelets are platelin, and and his uh, all of these other things that they go through and tell you about your hemoglobin is trying to seem properly and your triglycerides are trying and, and they talk to you as if you were just not even in their presence and then after a while just before they leave they ask you well how do you feel? <laughs> after they've gone through all that you don't know whether you're living or dead anyway. And the situation though they're trying to check out and your vital signs and what they are and see if they're alright and I guess that's necessary and properly for them to do so that they will know really what your condition might happen to be in that one uh, given moment of time. Have you ever thought about the vital signs of a church? I have from time to time. I've never given too serious a thought to it though until a couple of weeks ago in one of our Methodist publications there was a couple of people that had written an article in relation to what they thought was the vital signs of a living, dynamic, creative church. Now, I think they had about some 15 things that you could check out, and you could tell by that whether or not a church was really, was really creative, really dynamic, and was really living. And if it didn't come up to these uh, certain 15 checkpoints, why? It meant that you just didn't measure up and uh, your health was in question. Uh, you were not uh, up to par like you should be. Now, I'm not going to mention all 15 of them, uh, but there were, I picked out four or five that had something to say to me. Now, I'm not quoting directly from the article because it wasn't too long, uh, but it stimulated my own thinking. And I thought about it too. And I want you to think with me this morning as we think about what it means for a church to really to be a creative, dynamic, living church. Now, I am not here this morning to pass any judgment one way or the other. I'm only calling these things to your attention that we as a church might be able to think about it. If there's any judgment to be made, I'll leave it up to you. And you can make your own estimation of, of your church and, and really where it is and, and what we are in the process of being a dynamic, living, a creative church in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The first thing that I would call to your attention, that they said something to the effect that a dynamic, a dynamic church knows that it is a creation of God. Knows that it is a creation of God. It receives its love and grace and power from a living God. Now folks, this is absolute. How can we be what God intended for us to be in His great kingdom if we're not conscious of who we are as the being the body of the Lord Jesus Christ? And I want to tell you something It is here. Uh, that God has always promised to meet man. Now way back when they built the temple, you remember uh, that Solomon uh, made a great prayer to God in the dedication of that temple. And you remember that God made him, as they represented the people of God, and as being his people, he made a promise to them. And he told them uh, that when they would look or be at the altar, uh, that he would be with them. Now, folks, I want to tell you something. There's no other place within the Scripture of where God has retracted this promise that He made to the people of God. And it is just as binding upon Him today as the very day that He made it to those people of long ago because we too have created a place here and dedicated it to God. And it is God's promise that here is a place that He will meet us. 
And dear friends, it is so. Here is the place uh, where we come to worship. Here is the place of where the power of the Holy Spirit is released among us. Here is the place of where we can come and be conscious of the fact that we are in the presence of God. Not because of anyone else, but because of the commitment and dedication of the altar to Him. A sacred place dedicated to God. And yet, we seem to be so casual about our churchmanship. And yet we know that this is a place of prayer uh, that uh, we receive that whatever it is that we need in order to be the person that we need to be uh, this week. It is a church that Christ is coming back for. It is the center of God's love and of God's grace and is the center of the releasing of the power of the Holy Spirit. Whether it be within the New Testament when these people were together in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ or whether it be in any other age or any other time within the history of the church, you'll find again and again that it is here as we come together uh, where God is able to deal with us in such a wonderful way. And then in the midst of this church being the creation of God, uh, there's the knowledge that the church has of the very fact that it is in it is a being. And that it is something to be today. Not something that was yesterday or might be tomorrow. But it has its being today. And we're responsible for who we are and what we are today. We're responsible for the opportunities uh, that are open to us today. Now, the primary concern then of the church is not for its survival. Uh, but it's the proclamation of the word of God. As that we as a church is called on to take salvation to people and bring people to salvation. The healthy church is one that is truly in the business of evangelism. Winning people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Bringing them to a place where they can become conscious of the fact uh, that there is one that we know as Christ. And as John said, died for us. And it is our responsibility then as knowing Jesus Christ to be in a position uh, where we bring this salvation to those people uh, who are yet unclaimed. Where we bring souls to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then after they know him as their personal and Savior and Lord, uh, the process is duplicated. And then they go and win others to the Lord Jesus Christ. A dynamic church knows that it is a creation of God. Secondly, a dynamic living church sees every member of the church being in ministry. Now, how many of us feel that we have a hard staff to do the thing uh, that needs to be done? Or how many of us are conscious of the fact that each one of us, in a very unique way, have been given a talent that is unique unto us to be expressed in the kingdom of God for the sake and glory of God and his kingdom. The church becomes a place where these gifts, gifts of ours that God has given to us, uh, where they are sort of honed and, and sharpened, and where they are committed and dedicated to God. My mind, my heart, my soul, my hands, my feet, and whatever else there is about me that God can use is to be committed to him, to be an instrument in the hand of God. As long as one person lives, so Paul seems to think that is committed to Christ, so does the Lord Jesus Christ live. And we are all called 
to minister, not just left up to those that we think that are in special position. A dynamic church, a living church is filled with people who have a sense of mission. They're conscious of the fact uh, that there's something more to do uh, than just to be at ease. A living dynamic church is one that is conscious and knowledgeable of the hour. They know this hour. Now you know what's been my experience. <clears throat> that wherever I have found a creative, dynamic, living personality, uh, they have always been people who are conscious of the uniqueness of the hour. Uh, they are conscious of, of this day. And they're not so involved in life as to be too overly concerned about what happened yesterday or uh, what might happen tomorrow. But this day, conscious of, of this hour that is upon us, the authorities say that a living, dynamic, creative church is one uh, that is knowledgeable of the hour that they're called to serve in. This is not the day of the horse and buggy or the Model T. We live in a society that, a technological society, as, as which the man has never lived in before. And the mobility of our society is absolutely astounding. And even in this day when they tell us that we're in a depression, the, the financial of the average person today has been unmatched in any other society upon the face of this earth. Right now, right at this hour, right this very day. And the living church comes to the place where it begins to understand something of the possibilities of this hour. It does not turn down a new thought simply because it is new. And it does not turn, it does not accept a new thought simply because it's new. But a living dynamic church is one that comes to the place where a new thought is presented to it, a new concept, a new procedure. It is something that we think about. We won't say no to it, we won't say yes to it, but it's something that we will consider as a possibility for us to be able to express more fully and more completely the love of God in the society that you and I live in today. Not afraid to think a new, a new thought and think of a new concept or a new procedure. About two weeks ago, <clears throat> I was talking to a layman, that I've known, a layman that I've known for quite a while, and he was quite agitated about his church. And of course, I was interested and concerned why he was agitated about his church, and among other things he said to me, he said, well, the other day I tried to go by my church and they had a traffic jam right in front of the church, and he says, I couldn't get by. And that sort of upset him. But the thing that really upset him is what caused a traffic jam. He said, you know what they've done over at that church? <clears throat> you know, get the point. What they've done over at that church, he doesn't claim it anymore, you see. That church. As being a part of it. He said, well, he said, the thing that they have done, he said, they've gone out here and got some of these farmers who come in, they have a farmer's market there on the church property, the church parking lot, twice a month. I didn't have the heart to tell him, I want to find out, well, what hour I want to go myself, you know. <laughs> I want to be over. But I thought to myself, isn't that fantastic? I have never heard in all of my years of being a preacher that they've ever had a traffic jam in front of that church until they decided that they would help people in the community to have the farmers come in to help them and to help the, the church people to come to the parking lot and be able to buy the produce that they need for the week. What better thing can you think of to use a parking lot part during the week when it's not used for worship? And so I wasn't too consoling to my dear friend. You know, he's another dumb preacher. I'm sure he went away thinking that. 
Well, a new thought, a new concept. We are called here to be conscious of this hour that is upon us and how to take what God has given to us and this knowledge that we have of His saving grace and love and be able to express it in this society uh, that you and I call to live in today and do it in a creative, loving, winsome way. We, we live as if... Uh, how many of you believe this morning uh, that the, uh, the Lord is, uh, is still seeking people? Well, all of us do, don't we? Of course we do. How many of you really believe that, uh, that God is still, is still creating? Well, when you stop to think about it, I think most of us do. We would say, well, of course God is still creating. The thing is alive. The universe is alive. The world is alive. We're alive. The church is alive. And so He is still creating. Well, of course He is. Well, if God is still creating, shouldn't we then respond to His creating ability and, and respond to it in a way as if no other, as no other people have before us because He hasn't created this yet? What a society that God has called forth. And we find that in his infinite wisdom that he decided at this hour and this time upon the face of this earth that you and I would be called together to deal with our society in a way that he wants us to deal with it. As being a representative, his representative, and being the messenger of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, our gospel is the same. But how we deliver this gospel, how we communicate this love and care and concern of our Heavenly Father, changes in relation to every generation, I suppose. A living and dynamic church is one that is conscious of the hour that is upon them. Now in the fourth place, the dynamic living church is made up of people that have met the Lord Jesus Christ. They know, they know the Lord Jesus Christ. And they further know that they have made a commitment to Him. Now, folks, we may be in doubt about other things. I may be in doubt about a lot of things. I may question. But there's two things that I know, as well as I know anything within the pit of my soul, or as I know myself, or I know this hour, or I know that I'm in church, I know that I know that I know it because I have experiences. One, experience, one of them happens to be, I know that there is one that we call Christ. The Lord, I know that He's real. I know it. I have experienced Him in ways that I can't tell you. It's impossibility for me to put it in the Word as it is for you. But I know that in the midst of my being, the citadel of my being, I know that I have met Christ. Secondly, I know that I have committed myself to Him. That's not in question. Those two things are not in question. I know it. Oh, I know. I know Someone took me a couple of months ago, maybe not quite that long, seemed like it's been that long, maybe it was only two weeks ago, three, over to Duff's, a place that I had never eaten place, you know. It's a, I mean, tell you, it's really an eating place. You ought to see the smorgasbord they've got over there. It's on a big turntable, you know. they got one, if you want to hurry up, you go over another line over there, and you got a station there, and they got this big turntable, very big thing. And it goes around through the kitchen, they fill it up every time, and you just stand there, you know. Throw it up. Well, you know, if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. And that, uh, if you go over, you tell them I sent you, you see. They, and that that uh, goodie counter, that the cake counter, the dessert counter they've got, I tell you, it's it's unreal. 
You ought to see that thing. Well, you ask me, you ask me, where is that place? I can tell you exactly where it is. It's at Indian Trail and Preston Street, right there in that shopping center. You see, I know that. I've been there. I think it comes down to this. If we have met the Lord Jesus Christ, and we have met Him in, in the very citadel of our heart and our soul, and we're committed to Him, that we ought to be in a position to tell people exactly where it is. Where it is. Where you met Him. Now, no one else may have met Him the way that you, that you have met Him, but you're in a position to tell them how you met Him. I can, you see. You can. Now, just as much as I can tell you where that goody place is, you know. Oh, yeah. We, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, have come to the place where we have, have met the Christ. And it's a, such a... We're not burdened down by, uh, by the uh, theology or by uh, churchology or church history. Uh, we can tell you how people met Christ in the past. I can tell you how Paul met Christ on the Damascus Road. What happened? And that's a long time ago. We can tell you how other people met Christ, tell you how I met Christ, but the fact of it is that we have met Christ. We're not burdened down by a lot of theology. How much do you have to know to know how to tell someone how to meet Christ? Well, you don't need a lot of dumb theology. Though that, I better not let these professors hear me say that. You know, over at seminar, not say that too loud. But you see, you don't need a lot of burden of the past on you. You don't have to be conscious of, of your church as such. There's all you have to be conscious of the fact that you've met Christ and you can tell someone else how to meet Christ. The church is made up with men and women. A dynamic living church is made up with men and women who can simply tell another human being how they met Christ. Just as simple as that. And I tell you, a church comes alive when we begin to do precisely, precisely that. We know we know tell someone how to get there and seek those who have not been there yet and tell them how wonderful how wonderful it is and I want to tell you folks within what I have just said the simplicity of that statement to know Christ and know that you are committed to him that alone will give you enough power to live every day the way that you need to live and it'll be re given to you new every day, just like the man of long ago. Don't you worry about running out of steam, honey. You're not going to run out of power. When you come to a place where you, where you know your commitment is to, to Christ, He will be the one to see that you are filled enough with the Holy Spirit to do whatever you need to do this day. How do we get that power? I don't have enough power to live tomorrow, but I want to tell you something. I've got enough to live today, and that's good enough for me. Tomorrow. He has said he will give us what we need for tomorrow. So you don't have to worry about tomorrow. It's this hour, this day, a living, dynamic, creative church is one filled with people who have met the Lord Jesus Christ in the last place. The church is a dynamic church when it is filled with people who care. You know, every church that I've ever had, I've been conscious of those people. And in most places, most times I haven't said anything to them. But I've been conscious of those people. You always find this within a living church. You'll find those people that, that weep for their church. Well, I guess every preacher's conscious of, uh, though he doesn't even talk to those who weep, but he's conscious that they're there. He's conscious of their concern. 
He's conscious of their care and their love for the church. That they always have their church on their hearts and, and their mind and their soul. And they go about their business. And you may see them uh, really crying sometime, but most of the time they're, they're crying somewhere else. And But they're concerned. There have been three things happened to me and this church in the last uh, couple of weeks. And you interpret this any way you want to, but to me it has something to say about a living, creative, dynamic church. The other Sunday or two ago, the family in this church, the young, the call of duty, gave a check to the church to the amount of $3,500. Committed. Committed. That's wonderful. Wonderful. I got a letter from a soldier boy. Our soldier boy. Or one of our soldier boys. Across the country. And in that letter, he sent the church a check for, for $20 for the organ fund. Now, you may not think that's too much money, but if you were a soldier, you would think that's a fortune, too. When I was a soldier, I thought $20 was a fortune. I'll tell you that, and only made $21 a month. But he's here and concerned, bridges the gap, where he is, back here where we are right now, and he wanted that money to go to pay off the organ. I was so glad to tell him uh, that to accept his money and thank him for it and tell him how the organ has been paid for. Committed, dedicated, not with us anymore, completely broken from our influence, but within his heart and his soul. He's committed to God and wanted to share back home with the people back here. And then this third thing. A little one walked into the office. You know, it's a few times, maybe two or three times in my lifetime, I have been a witness to the giving of a fortune away, really. The dissipation of a complete fortune. Sometimes at death, and sometimes at other times. But a little one must be the sum total of four years of age, I'm quite sure. Frequents the office every once in a while, but on this one particular morning through the week, she was here and she came into the office. She usually stops and hesitates at the door. The door's always open to the office when the little ones are here or any other time. And she usually hesitates, but this morning she didn't hesitate at all. She didn't stop at the door. And she had a determined look on her face. And if it had been one of you all, I know I was going to get thrown out right there. You know, come in, you know, bad, something you know, going on bad. Anyway, she walked right in. She didn't stop at the desk. She walked right around that desk just like that. And she came right by my chair and she stood right there. She had this little hand just up around like that, you know. And she has that little hand so tight and been holding it that way so tight that those little knuckles were fine. Just, you know, like that. And, and when she opened her hand, she never spoke until she opened her hand. She says, I'm giving that to you. And there was a nickel and three pennies. And that little hand had been held so long, I'm sure all the way from home in all probability, all the way from home, and that it was sweaty, and the dirt was all over that nickel and penny. <laughs> you've, seen, you've seen those things in your children. And there she, she said, that's yours. And I had this awesome sense that this little one was not given that to me, but she was giving me her portion and I was to see that it got to the right place for the Lord and for this church. I had the awesome sense that I was in the presence of God 
at that very moment. And if I would have been able to have heard properly, I think I could have heard the rustle of an angel's wings. She made her speech and said, here it is. She turned around and walked out. She didn't ask for a video. And one was off. She walked out beyond the store. A fortune. She had no more. It was given. And here we are. Thinking in terms of a dynamic, creating, living church. That's the only thing that God would have us to be. Because the society and the world in which we live has such great need of this wonderful message that you and I have to offer to this world today. And if this world is turned around and kept from destruction, it'll be caused, it will be because you and I, as we represent God, are doing the things that we ought to do. Oh, our Father, help us to see clearly this morning who we are and what we are and what we've been called to be, for we ask it in the name of Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of His words, finishing the work He started and making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven.